0: This
1: is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. My name is Germ, this is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. CJ Hopkins, welcome to the trenches.
0: Thanks for having me back.
1: It's been a year, and it's still a war, isn't it?
0: My god, was it a year ago that we tried to speak and the gremlins got us? Yeah, here we are a year later.
1: Everything that you've been saying in your in your literature um, is prophetic.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's not just me. I mean, you know, there 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 are many of us, uh, you know, who have all been demonized as you know conspiracy theorists and anti vaxxers and you know crazy lunatics and what have you. Um, and we've been warning of all of this and predicting all of this for. You know, it's almost two years now, what is it twenty one months or something like that? uh you know we've been predicting it from the beginning and and have been demonized for it and here it is
1: uh well, it doesn't seem to be going away
0: uh no i mean, it, you know if you if you follow the news closely, uh they're laying the infrastructure in you know for the next few years at least and you know it it certainly feels like the intention is to permanently transform society into some sort of biosecurity dystopia
1: well on that note i hope you don't mind that i am drinking something strong because i need it
0: Ah. i i remembered i remembered from last time and i brought whiskey (laughs) so cheers (laughs) Well,
1: you're American, and I'm not, and I'm drinking a bourbon.
0: And I'm drinking scotch.
1: <laughs> um, you know what's funny? You were and, chatting. And,
0: yep. and, and, Jeremy, I haven't been sleeping well for weeks, and I am hitting with scotch. So, you know, if I get a little incoherent, then, you know, bail me out.
1: <laughs> um, I heard you chatting um, on James Dellingpole's podcast um, a little while ago. And uh, he was asking you about left-right politics, and it got me thinking. It, I don't, I don't think it's dead, but it's largely irrelevant.
0: Yeah, I was talking to uh, uh, James Dellingpole, which you know is just a cardinal sin. You know, where I come from on the left and everything. Uh, I mean, the man hunts foxes for God's sake. Um, and uh, uh, you know, we talked about you know uh, left-right, and it just at this point it is just c- completely irrelevant uh, to me. You know, I, 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 t- I think I told James, I would love, I, w- I pray for the day when I can argue with him, you know, about, you know, left, right issues again. You know, right right now, that's, that's the farthest thing from my mind. Let, let, you know, let's just make it real, you know, simple. It's, mm. what are we, 20, 21 months into this, mm. right? And, you know, and and we're talking again, you know, we're talking about a virus, which even if you take the official narrative at its word, you know, even if, even if you just believe (laughs) verbatim, you know, what studies have shown, you're talking about a virus that has a, you know, a plus 99% survival rate, 99.7, whatever um, survival rate, which is obviously not, you know, an apocalyptic virus. There's nothing, Nothing that remote, nothing about this virus, even if you believe the official version of the virus, there's nothing about it that remotely justifies, you know, what is being done to society, what's been t- done to society over the last 20 months and is continuing to be done to society. We're talking about, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, uh, I, I ran it down in a tweet, I think, you know, we're t- just massive propaganda, Uh, you know, uh, public loyalty rituals, um, segregation, uh, censorship, uh, you know, demonization of dissent, political protests have been banned, you know, so banning political opposition. Um, uh, 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 And uh, now now we've got actual concentration camps in Australia, you know, literal concentration camps in Australia. And... They've, they're rolling out the mandatory vaccination program. You know, Austria has already rolled it out. Uh, Germany will be next, and uh, I expect uh, several other European states to follow. Um, you know, that's what's that's what's going on. <laughs> you know, you're and, currently
1: in Germany, and, right?
0: Yeah, I'm in Berlin. It's where I live. Um, th- that's what's important at the moment. It's 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 really pretty simple. Either you're prepared to live in this type of fascistic biosecurity uh, society or you're not <laughs> and I'm not and quite a lot of people are not and we're fighting
1: what is going on right now in Germany
0: in Germany um, they 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 just made official the so-called lockdown of the unvaccinated. Um, So to make it simple, I'm I'm not vaccinated, so I'm not allowed to go into any stores, any shops other than grocery stores and pharmacies, right? I'm not allowed to go to any cultural events. I'm not allowed to go to restaurants. I'm not allowed to go to bars. I'm not allowed basically into any public place. I'm not allowed to travel. I'm not allowed, and I I mean, you know, travel on trains and planes. I'm not allowed to travel on public transport within the city. So I'm virtually under house arrest, except, you know, yeah, I can go out of my apartment and, you know, take a walk along the canal and what have you, uh, but I am basically banned from society because I won't conform to this new ideology.
1: You say ideology, and... I have to obviously then go straight into the term cult and the term that you used on your, on a couple of your articles is Covidian cult. I think that's wonderful.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I use the cult. The reason that I use the the cult metaphor really is because I I see the new normal. I see what's happening. You know this. What is being rolled out. I see this as a new form of totalitarianism right? It's not 20th century totalitarianism, it's not Nazism, it's not Stalinism, it's a new form of totalitarianism, it's a pathologized form of totalitarianism, right? I just wrote a piece about this in detail that people can read and, and, and dig into it and criticize if they want. What totalitarianism is essentially is a cult writ large on a whole societal scale. Or in this case, on a global scale, right? The 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 machinery of a cult and the machinery of totalitarianism function, you know, if not identical, then 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 incredibly similar, yeah, to each other. And that's why I use that uh, metaphor, Jeremy.
1: But there's a there's an interesting dynamic here. You talk about totalitarianism, but it's almost voluntary. I mean, people over the last two years have voluntarily and willingly gone into this
0: yeah and and but this is the case with all totalitarian systems yeah it's it's there it there are always it's always a small minority of you know fanatical totalitarian freaks at the top and they depend upon instrumentalizing the masses right in, in order to impose this new system on society and to maintain it and it it's classic i mean what we've what we've witnessed is absolutely classic you can you can go back and look at 20th century totalitarian forms and the you know the similarities are just absolutely glaring of course it's always the masses that end up enforcing it
1: yeah you've written so many good pieces and i wish i I wish I could spend a lot of time on each of them. So I suppose the easiest thing to do is to try and encompass all of them <laughs> into this conversation. But the, the underlying theme is this idea that there's this is a global cult that's emerged and it's identical to totalitarianism. And cults also have leaders and beliefs. And this seems to be the case.
0: Uh, well, in this case, I don't really think, you know, yes, you can point at people, and it's our, it's, I think it's our our natural instinct to try to find leaders, you know, and try to find faces and, and point at them, you know, whether it's Klaus Schwab or Fauci or Bill Gates or whoever. Um, but I don't think that's actually the reality here. Um, you know, I don't know how theoretical you want me to get, you know, while I'm drinking scotch, but... You know, what we're <laughs> talking about, I I piss off a lot of my conservative readers because I continue to describe this as global capitalist totalitarianism.
1: It's exactly and, what it
0: is. And it is. I mean, the world we we live in a global capitalist world we have for the last 30 years, you know, the, the when the Soviet Union fell apart, we it, it became a world dominated by a single power system and by a single ideology you know, I don't think any of us really understand that world sufficiently yet, and understand how to describe that ideology. I've been trying to do it myself. Um, I, I forgot what I was, you know, babbling about.
1: You were talking about GloboCap, and I love that term, GloboCap. It's <laughs> such it's, it just rolls off the tongue. I,
0: I know, but you asked me a, a question that I was trying to get to. Yeah. Oh, uh, it, it! What was it, Jeremy? Do you remember?
1: Well, I was just—I was just talking about the leaders. Um, the and, leaders. And, and thank and the you benefic- very much. Yes.
0: Thank you. That was it. That was it. If you look at, if you look at the way power is structured, this is one of the big differences between 20th century totalitarianism and this new form of totalitarianism that we're dealing with now. I mean, it was very easy with, you know, Nazism, there's Hitler and, and Stalinism, there's Stalin, and there's, you know, I mean, they, they, big pictures of the guys on, you know, painted on murals on the walls, you know, very easily. It isn't Bill Gates, it isn't Klaus Schwab. It is the machine itself you know what I've said numerous times is you could replace Bill Gates, you could you could kill Bill Gates, kill Klaus Schwab, you you could kill kill Fauci, kill all of these people tomorrow, and they would immediately be replaced with other people who would perform exactly the same roles. You know it it this this goes back to all the stuff that I've been writing for six years, way before COVID started. But if you look at what is happening historically. And you go back to the moment in, you know, 1989, early 90s, when the Soviet Union dissolved and global capitalism became the, the global hegemon. Yeah, this is a completely logical, natural progression. <laughs> you know, once, once, if you're a power system and you suddenly control the entire planet, and you do not have any more external enemies, what is left for you to do? Well, what's left for you to do is to clean up your territory because it all belongs to you now. So what you need to do is look for little pockets of resistance you know, and wipe those out. You know, look for the remnants of the old world yeah, that was left where there's still some resistance to your new ideology and go in and destabilize and restructure those areas. And if, you know, for example, a populist backlash starts and there's this kind of populist uprising and and, you know, Great Britain leaves the European Union and the American people, you know, actually elect Donald Trump president, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what you need to do Is put an end to that shit Right You need you need to crack down on that And that is exactly what We have seen You know, I'm going back to You know, 2015, 2016 now mm. Right it, And if you look at how the whole Response to the Populist uprising during the Trump Years, you know, and following Brexit If you look at how that crackdown On this populist backlash, segued smoothly into the new normal. All right? And suddenly, suddenly, you know, suddenly we need to regulate how many people you can have in your house. Right. You know, we, we we need you to we need you to, you know, demonstrate your obedience by putting on these ridiculous fucking medical-looking masks every time you walk into a grocery store. We need to control you completely. Right? Until What is, what is the end you, goal? Until you Yeah, the end goal is obedience. The end goal is is surrender. The end goal is, you know, is shut up, follow orders. And don't you even think about electing an unauthorized president or, you know, a bunch of populist parties in Europe or creating any sort of widespread resistance to, you know, this new global capitalist ideology that we're implementing around the world.
1: You know what's ironic, CJ? Is that ten years ago I would have said to you, without even blinking my eyes, that the global uh what, what what's the word I'm looking for? The the global terror terror? Terror terrorism, I suppose, would have been the jihadist muslims and the chinese government and that doesn't seem to be the case at all
0: Mm -mm. Mm -mm. well yeah i don't know are you talking about the war on terror
1: yeah i mean that's gone now everyone's forgotten about that
0: yeah it 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 ended in in 2016 in the summer i could i could if (laughs) i dug back into my pieces i could show you the month you know when it ended it 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 ended with a speech that Donald Trump gave in Florida. I think, you know, uh, prior to which, it was still the war on terror. I mean, the war on terror was raging. It was, you know, people forget this. But the summer of 2016, it was, uh, the Guardian was calling it, you know, the summer of fear. These were the headlines. And there were all these uh, supposedly lone wolf, self-radicalized terrorists, right? which the majority of which were, you know, just crazy ass, you know, guys that were, you know, going nuts and and calling themselves jihadists, you know, when they killed people. Um, But it was, it was the summer of terror. And then suddenly Globocap realized, oh shit, you know, we've got a serious populist backlash on our hands and they turned the war on terror off and they turned the war on populism on. And it happened in the course of a week.
1: And we're kind of now also in some sort of strange war on viruses or war on health.
0: Well, it's still kind of, you know, it's it's an extension of the war on populism, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. basically, you know, yeah, you can call it a war on viruses, but but basically, Jeremy, if you look, if you spend... 20 minutes, looking into you know the the actual data, you know. And again, I'm saying if you take the official narrative at its word, right? Which I don't. But if you do, if you take it at its word and you spend 20 minutes looking into the actual data, again, the idea that what is being done to society is a rational response to that data is is beyond insane. I mean, it's it's seriously Orwellian. So, in a sense, I see it as really as an extension of of, of this war on populism because basically what they're saying to people is, you know, uh, I hate to keep using 1984 metaphors, but you know, it's basically like O'Brien, you know, saying, you know, here, you know, how many fingers do you see, Winston? You know. And you have to say four (laughs) and you have to say four, you know. And guess what? And if you don't say four, we're going to lock you down and ban you from travel and make your life a living hell (laughs) until you're willing to say that you see four fingers. You know, it's I, I don't. I, I I am so beyond looking at this in the context of a supposed you know public health threat. It is it no, is so is ob- mm. no, it is it is it is so obviously a campaign uh, to generate you know mindless obedience and conformity and compliance. I I think the choices that I've made are. I need to choose where I focus my anger, and I need to choose where I fight um, i don 't think that it 's productive or necessarily healthy uh, for me to fight this fight with my family and my close friends and 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 so on that's that 's not where I want to direct my energy where i 'm trying to direct my energy is at uh, people who have you know large audiences large platforms um, uh, the the uh, propagandists of the new normal you know who are speaking to hundreds and thousands if not millions of people that's that's who I'm going after and that's who I'm challenging at the same time you know I I, I, I work a lot on social media and you know if just a regular run of the mill you know garden variety person comes in and starts shrieking uh, you know fanatical mm. hatred or you know or or spinning the official narrative and what have you I will go after them absolutely I will you know but yeah I, I think it's important for us to to choose our battles yeah. basically and and to use our and use our energy wisely
1: hugo uh, who is currently in paris he's uh, watching right now he's got a question for you um he wants oh. to he wants to know if if you think that these globocap guys truly believe their own ideologies or do you think that they know that it's all complete garbage
0: I think it's a mix of both. Um, I think there are probably some who absolutely believe it. Um, my guess is probably the majority. Um and and I think there are a few who absolutely uh know what they're doing. You know, when you look at when you look at people like Schwab for example, you know, and 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 a lot of the people at the WEF and what have you? You know, they're we're talking about the great reset, you know. And the, you, you know, there are people. I, I believe there are people at the top who are very clear about where they want to end up, and where they want to end up is with all of us walking around with our little digital compliance, you know, and obedience certificates that we have to show in order to participate in society. Having said that, I think the vast majority of people, both at the top and just among the masses, um, are 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 not conspirators. I believe they are They are caught up in the mass hysteria, in the exhilaration of this new totalitarian movement that has been rolled out. I, I, I mentioned this in one of my uh, pieces. Uh, it, it's exhilarating. Suddenly life has a purpose. Suddenly you're on a mission and there are bad guys, right? Us. <laughs> the unvaccinated you know the people who are you know challenging you you know they're they're suddenly they're you know they're they're the bad guys that you can go after and you know and 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 suddenly life is very exciting everything is dramatic and people get caught up in this mass hysteria and in this self-righteousness that comes along with the rollout of totalitarian movements. so i i think it's a mix of both but more of one than the other
1: uh Curtis Jarvin, aka Menchus Molebug, Um he he references something which he calls the cathedral, which is effectively uh journalism plus academia. Um and it, it's a very interesting idea because it actually flows into the idea of the Covidian cult. I mean he's using the cathedral uh for very obvious reasons and people like you and I are apostates.
0: Mm. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, in, in Scientology, for example, uh, we would be suppressive persons. This is the official designation. Um, yeah, of course, you know, anyone, anyone get into, let me rehash the cult thing a little bit. What's the, the other reason that I use the cult metaphor is that because we're living in a global capitalist world, you know, in a world that is dominated by a single ideological system. Yeah. What's happening to us normally, normally, a cult is this small social reality, like an island that exists within the dominant culture. Right? And if you want to get somebody out of a cult and deprogram, well, you have to kidnap them. You have to bring them out of the cult, bring them back into the dominant society, and then slowly you know, deprogram them and, and they can remember who they were. You know, we don't have that luxury because for us, it, the whole thing is inverted. And now we apostates, as you say, we who haven't joined the cult, we've become the small islands Within the cult, which has become the dominant society, Mm. yeah, and so yes, we're we're even more apostates. Normally, for example, a suppressive person in Scientology would just be an apostate according to Scientology, right? But they can just walk out (laughs) of the Scientology building into the world, and they're no longer apostates. Yeah, we're actually a danger. Yeah, we're actually exactly. what uh, what i'm saying is we've got nowhere to walk out into because the cult has become the dominant culture and so we are literally apostates
1: i love this quote of yours from i forget which article but i i'm just going to read it here because uh, i i pasted it into my notepad yeah uh you said yeah you got your unauthorized putin nazi president your imaginary apocalyptic pandemic your violent identitarian civil unrest your heavily armed politically polarized populace your ominous rumblings from military quarters you couldn't really ask for much more i mean that summarizes it
0: well yeah i think that i i I don't remember what piece that's from either but i think i was painting the picture of basically everyone who who is not on board with the GloboCAP program. All right. This and and again, I go back to 2016 and and that's when this started. The the rollout of the new normal and the whole, you know, COVID pandemic thing, if if you see it in a historical context like I do, it's absolutely logical. It's not a huge break, it's a a natural segue of one to the other. What, What Globocap, for lack of a better word, has been doing since the beginning of this populist backlash, which raised its head in 2015, 2016, what they have been doing is demonizing anyone who refuses to conform to the new ideology. And again, getting back to what you uh, said right at the beginning of the show, uh, Jeremy, it makes no difference if that deviation is coming from the left, that deviation is coming from the right. Globocap does not care. <laughs> it, is, it is either conformed to our ideology or you are some sort of monster. And yes, we have lots of different words that we can paint you with, you know, but it all amounts to the same thing. We're all deplorables
1: you reference um the 20th century but today i was reading um hammer of witches from the late 1400s which was essentially the oh, document it was essentially the document that the elite used to hunt witches and kill them and i don't know quite how that link exists but i can see the link i just don't know how to express it
0: it, it, it's the same thing. It's, it's a dominant ideology that is being imposed or, or is being maintained, and, and it is hunting out deviants, hunting down apostates, you know, hunting down anyone who doesn't conform to it and eliminating them, you know, or making an example of them. Same dynamic.
1: Is there a silver lining?
0: I don't know if there's a silver lining in 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 a in one of the pieces that I wrote recently. I think we're in a uh absolutely crucial phase right now i think this this winter for us what is it where you are it's summer
1: um it's summer although it's raining right now,
0: <laughs> yeah, but you're far enough south it's flipped right yeah i I think for most of us those of us who you know live up here in the heart of the global capitalist empire, it's winter and This winter is, I think, kind of crucial because I think we're going to end up in uh, April, May of 2022, we're going to end up in one of two places, which is, you know, A, they will have imposed the new normal on us. And we're going to be living in a world where we're all walking around with our you know little compliance and obedience certificates in our phones that we have to show to basically do anything. You know, to hold a job, to get a cup of coffee, to go to school, to whatever. Either we're going to be living in that type of biosecurity, pathologized, totalitarian dystopia. Or we will have short-circuited this thing. And I think there are enough of us to short-circuit it you know there are you know i don't know what the figures are exactly but you know if you look at 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 the numbers it's somewhere between i don't know 25% and 35% or whatever of people who are just refusing to go along with this shit right and if we just continue to refuse and if we can take the punishment that they're dishing out and that they're going to continue to dish out over the winter if we can simply hold out, they cannot make that system work when 25 to 30 percent of the people are refusing to comply with it. And I think this winter is crunch time. Um, I, I, you can already see what's happening if you, you know, follow the news. They are going full bore. You know, Austria, is, you know, is rolling out mandatory vaccinations for the general population. Germany is talking about it, and they're going to do it too. You know, I think other European states will follow. You know, they are going to go full bore to try to uh, force obedience and compliance during this winter. And, beca- um, and because and- the
1: and because the injection uptake. Here in Southern Africa, so poor, it just is very convenient that the moronic, I mean, I beg your pardon, the Omicron variant (laughs) um, was released.
0: Yeah, yes, of course. I mean, the Omicron, it, it really doesn't matter. Again, it's, it's Orwellian, you know, it's, it's, you know, who are we fighting? East Asia or, you know, Eurasia, the Omicron virus, you know, it, it doesn't matter. The, the, the mm-hmm. COVIDian cultists, all they need is they just need another news story with a scary name so that they can, you know, you know just but spew I mean- hatred at the unvaccinated and call for a new lockdown. What I'm, what I'm saying, though, Jeremy, s- silver lining I don't know if it's a silver lining, but this is not over yet. And, and I think this winter is really crunch time and we are going to know where we are come the spring.
1: Just going back to Omicron, I think if you're going to come up with a name that's supposedly scary, you don't call it uh, Omicron. I mean, it's, it, sounds, it sounds like it's a, it sounds like it's a, a, a character from Transformers.
0: Well, it to me, I'm old. Okay, so it's to me, it sounds like a 1950s B movie, like a, you know, like a like a drive movie, uh, drive-in movie. You know. What I mean?
1: How is it conceivable that so many people everywhere, just in two years, can switch their their worldview so dramatically? How? How does this happen?
0: Fear. Yeah, it's if you think about it put yourself in the position that let's say you have a a relatively high profile job. You're an American. You live in, you know, you, you live in New York City and you have a relatively high profile job that means something to you and it supports your family and you've got kids and you've got a mortgage on your house, right? Imagine that you're a, you know, a prominent, you know, sort of you know, left-leaning liberal journalist who champions, you know, civil rights and, you know, civil liberties and, you know, you've made your reputation on fighting the power, you know, and and so on, you know, you're now in the position where, hey, if you challenge this official narrative, if you challenge a question, anything that, you know, that is happening now, you're going to be demonized you know, as a conspiracy theorist, anti-vaxxer, far-right, neo-Nazi, whatever. And you're going to lose your job. You're going to lose your standing, you know, in your professional community. And, you know, you're not going to be able to pay the mortgage on your house. And you're not going to be able to take care of your kids. And people are making decisions out of fear. And this comes down out of that level, even just, you know, to the common person, right, where if you start voicing questions or doubts or start challenging the official narrative, your friends are going to ask you, well, what, you know, what are you of some sort of far-right anti-vax extremist? And this is exactly the dynamic that, that totalitarianism and cults depends on. You know, it is this fear of being ostracized and exiled from the society, from the social body, whatever it is. That's what we're seeing. It's that simple.
1: Sure. But that's also scary. Because it it also shows that humans on a sort of meta philosophical level haven't changed in thousands of years.
0: No, and I, I, you know, I don't think we're going to. (laughs) This is part of it's part of what we are. I was just talking to a a journalist the other day and, you know, she was talking about uh, our lizard brains and our and our rational brains and the difference and and talking about our, our herd instinct. And we have a herd instinct. Of course we do. You know, of course we do. And the vast majority of us, if you scare the shit out of us, if you terrorize us, yeah, you know, we will we will look for the herd because that's where safety is. Right? If if we can go and hide inside of the herd, you know, then the wolves will probably not pick us off. Of course. This is yeah. part of human nature and it and it probably always will be. The the thing to understand is how it is instrumentalized by totalitarians by fascists you know it is used it is used it, I don't think the question is to try to eradicate this instinct from us there are a lot of positive things about it too you know this is why we live in societies and we're not all just ripping each other's throats out every day mm. right Yes, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's well, a sense
1: of decorum
0: Hey, yeah, yeah, and it's why we, you know, create culture and, you know, have families and communities and what have you. You know, there are positive parts of that instinct, too. The thing to pay attention to is how that hurting instinct is instrumentalized by people in power at, at the root of totalitarianism. And I, I get a lot of flack. From, uh, you know, uh, my side of the political spectrum and, you know, hardcore Marxists, you know, will come at me for using the word totalitarianism uh, uh, because, I don't know, Hannah Arendt screwed a Nazi or, you know, and, and they, they use the word to conflate, you know, uh, uh, communism and fashion, what have you. But the reason I use the word totalitarianism is at the core of it is this obsession with control right? This is my understanding of the definition of totalitarianism. It is this, this desire, this obsession to control every little minuscule aspect of your life. I mean, in Germany now, this is no, I, I'm not joking, right? There are rules, there are rules saying how many people I can invite over to my house, right because i'm unvaccinated i'm i'm allowed i'm allowed by the government to have two people from another household you know in my house you know this is the level of control that we that, that that we're talking about i i i think there is again i think there is a hardcore minority of us who are just flat out not prepared to live in this type of totalitarian world right I think there is another large segment and probably the majority of the people who are complying with it now, right? But who are complying with it out of fear of social ostracization or, you know, fear of punishment and what have you, I think they have a breaking point. And a lot of what I've been trying to do, I don't think you can speak rationally to them anymore. You know, they're they're trying to have a rational discussion. It doesn't work at all. You can't talk people out of a cult, right? But what I have been trying to do is hold up the mirror to these people, right? Because I have to believe inside. I have to believe that there are still decent human beings in there who have just been caught up in this cult. And so I'm trying to hold up a really ugly mirror to them and say, look at what you're doing because it looks just like fascism, it looks just like totalitarianism, right? That's what you're doing, that's how you're acting, and let me go on for a little bit, and I'll try to, and I'll try to explain this. Most people have been receiving all of the pressure from one side. They've been receiving it from the authorities, right? From power, you know, and they have been told, you will conform, you will put your masks on, you will get vaccinated, you will follow orders, or we will punish you, you know, and we will basically destroy your life. And so all that pressure has been coming from one side. We need to put pressure on them from the other side, right? And the pressure that we can put on them and say, yeah, okay, you go ahead, keep conforming. You know, I understand why you're conforming. You know, you have good reasons to conform. You've got a family, blah, 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 blah. But you're a fascist. <laughs> what, you're, what you're cooperating with, you know, this is, is totalitarianism. It is fascism. And here it is. I'm going to show it to you in the mirror, right? We need to put pressure on these people from the other side until their minds break. Until they have to decide, wait, you know, wait, you know, am I a fascist? Is that okay? You know, is that what I want to be? And I don't believe it is. I believe that inside them, they are still decent, non fascist people. But they need to be confronted with what they're doing because right now, the official narrative is telling them, oh, no, you're not a fascist. It's a public health crisis. You know, you're helping people, you know, by segregating them and putting them in camps and demonizing them. No, 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 you're helping them. It's for the public good. All of their actions, you know, are, are being erased and concealed within this official narrative, you know, which is about this horrible public health threat. And so I think they need to be shown what they're doing in a different context. And that context is political. You know, I've been saying this for a while. This is not... I don't want to have an argument about a public health crisis. I'm not going to do it anymore. This is a political fight. And they need to be shown the political context and shown how they're reacting and shown, you know, how they are... It's. If you read, if you dig into the history of how Nazism was rolled out in the 1930s in, in, in Germany, it's, it's literally by the numbers. Step by step by step is what these people are doing and they need to be shown this. If there's a breaking point, Jeremy, I think it's, it's there, it's in these people and it can be reached, it can only be reached by generating enough friction and confronting these people with the reality of what they're doing. You know, the hardcore, you know, the the people who are running this show, they don't have a breaking point, right? And this minority, you know, the hardcore minority like us who are just not going to play ball no matter what, we don't have a breaking point. It is all these folks in the middle who have been instrumentalized. They have a breaking point, and I think that's how you reach it.
1: What are some of those tools with which to reach people? Because this is a question that keeps coming up. How do you
0: I, do I, it? I, I just, I, 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 I spent a good part of the day doing it today. I mean, I, I'm under house arrest, so I've got nothing to do but get on social media and go after people, you know. Um, uh, 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 I'll, I'll just use an example, an author, uh, a recognized author here in, um, in Germany, uh, uh, who is also uh, a commentator on one of the state TV channels, you know, went on TV and was saying, "Yes, the society is being torn apart here in Germany," and you know, because that's the topic now is our society is being torn apart. And she said, "You know, yes, the society is being torn apart. Um, you know, and and but uh, the people who are going to end up excluded." from society, you know, are just these extreme right-wing fanatics who won't, you know, follow orders and won't, you know, conform to the new ideology and, you know, won't get vaccinated and what have you. And she says, you know, these people are like, you know, are like an appendix. They're like an appendix. And, you know, an appendix is not essential to human life, right? Okay. The punchline is, she's drawing from literal rhetoric from an ss doctor from a nazi doctor who said exactly the same thing you know the jew is an appendix you know that that we don't need in society we can cut him out she's literally you know drawing rhetoric from nazi ss doctors and What I did was, you know, other people, some, you know, German journalists did it as well as pointed this out. And I pointed it out and I said, you know, here's what this new normal fascist is doing. And here's where her rhetoric comes from. And stay with me for a second, because this is not my normal impulse. This is not, you know, the impulse that I normally walk around with in life. Normally I would say, okay, she 's probably unaware of the Nazi rhetoric. you know she 's probably a good person she's probably just caught up in the passion of the moment, you know, and I would work to really try to understand her position and you know say oh she 's afraid and she's uh, and i'm not doing that right now, you know, and i'm not doing it because the stakes are so high. And what I'm doing right now is saying, I don't give a shit. (laughs) I don't give a shit what your motivation is and what your position is. What you're doing is you're feeding this fascistic machine that is demonizing and dehumanizing people. And you're literally using the rhetoric of Nazi doctors to do it. And I'm doing that, Jeremy, because I want people to understand this is a political fight. This is a fight. You know, I'll I'll tell you another thing. If that author, if that woman turned around tomorrow and said, I'm sorry, I understand. I realize how I was, you know, acting like a Nazi and this is wrong and people shouldn't, you know, be forced to have vaccinations. I would applaud her and welcome her. You understand? The moment that she stops embodying this fascistic machine, I will welcome her back into the human world. But as long as she is, as long as she is manifesting and feeding this fascistic force that is doing this to society, she is part of the enemy as I said a few minutes ago, I don't think any of us really, including myself, I don't think any of us really sufficiently understand how power works in the world that we're living in. I think we left one world about 30 years ago, and in historical terms, that's nothing, yeah. right? And we're at the very beginning of, of, of a completely new configuration. New, new normal. yeah. Of, of, of power in the world, in the world, a world that is dominated for the first time in human history, that is dominated by a single ideological system. And it is a decentralized system <clears throat> and it is complex. And I think a lot of people are struggling to put names on it and to understand it and to, and to articulate how it works. And that's great. I think a lot more people should be doing that. Um, and yes, so I think a lot of these terms are are interchangeable, you know, and we're all going to, those of us who are doing that are going to argue productively. I mean, argue about, you know, how it works. You know, is it run intentionally by people who are in charge or is it more systemic, you know, which is what I tend to believe. And these are the, these are the discussions and the arguments that we need to have because we need to start understanding who it is that is ruling us. You and know. the point is, and it, yeah. And the point is that
1: it really is the case. There are these global elites that are ruling us. It's not even a controversial yes. idea anymore.
0: Yes, yes, yes. It's, this is uh, this is the drum that I've been beating, you know, since I started writing political satire. Is most of us, and again, it's not because we're stupid. It's natural. Most of us you know, we were born and grew up and conditioned in a world, we were conditioned to understand the world as a collection of, you know, competing sovereign nation states, right? And that world disappeared about 30 years ago. Yes, there are still sovereign nation states or, you know, sovereign nation states that compete with each other, just like corporations compete with each other. But starting about 30 years ago, we have we, we since then we have been living in a world that is dominated by a single ideology, with no external enemies, and it is the first time in human history that that has happened because no system of power has had the ability to do that before.
1: And global and cap. Caps, caps, sorry, go on. No, 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 you. No, I was just I was in. I interrupted you. My apologies, but I was going to say, and the global cap cuts right through those nation states and their sovereignty like a hot knife through butter.
0: I, I, I made this, I used this example in, in, in the latest piece that I wrote. You know, look at nations like you know, China or uh, Saudi Arabia, right? Um, authoritarian states, obviously, right? Yeah. But not full-blown totalitarian states uh, because they can't be. They have, they have their, their official ideologies. Right. Whether it's, you know, Islamic fundamentalism or communism or whatever you want to call it. Right. They have. And these ideologies are not fake. Right. But when those ideologies come into conflict with global capitalist ideology, guess which ideology wins? (laughs) Right. China (laughs) Saudi Arabia pick any country you want they have to function within the global capitalist financial system or they will die right so we're yes we're living in a in a in a global capitalist world you know period but it but it's but it's complex
1: in front of you there's a crystal ball what do you see
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be underneath my, my, my hard-bitten, cynical, satirist pose. I'm really a sap and an idealist. And I have got to believe that we are going to, if not defeat this, at least seriously derail it. I, I have to believe that. Um, and so I will believe that i i don't totalitarianism never wins in the end but when the end comes you know who knows how long it's going to last who knows i i would i would really like us to fuck it up right now <laughs> and and deny them the ability to impose this you know, digitized biosecurity uh you know social system on us. I don't know if we're gonna be able to do it, Jeremy, but I have to believe that we are, in order to keep doing what I do.
1: There's uh a person listening right now, he's in Germany and he's uh thanking you, saying that he's on board with what you're saying.
0: <laughs> Good zu hearing. Ich weiß weiß schon, dass es eine große Minderheit gibt. There's a big minority in Germany. Not all of Germany. Not all Germans are on board. There's a large minority of Germans. I've, I've I've lost all of my German friends, my old German friends. I've made a lot of new German friends. And there is a committed, passionate minority in Germany that is not going to tolerate this bullshit. Um, where I you know you asked me a few minutes ago where I think we 're going, Jeremy is you know I think things are going to get ugly, mm. I think things are going to get ugly, and uh, it's not i 'm not advocating violence i 'm not advocating you know rioting and 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 so on, um, but it 's going to happen. I think things are going to get ugly um, anyway, I just wanted to say there is a a a large a significant minority Of Germans who are fighting this with everything that they have. And God bless them. I've been tough. I've been tough on the Germans. You know, I've been tough on the Germans because it has broken my heart. It has really broken my fucking heart. Part of the reason that I settled here 17 years ago is that my impression, you know, at least in Berlin, was that, you know, Germany of all places would be the last would be the last to ever tolerate any type of new fascist system, new totalitarianism. It has broken my heart to see the majority of German society just click heels and start marching in lockstep with this. And I, I know, I can't imagine what it's like for that German viewer Yeah, who just wrote in to Mm -hmm. be German and to watch the majority of this society do that. You know, and I just want to say, my heart goes goes out to whoever that person was.
1: I've got one last comment here. Uh, We will never forget those who stay silent through fear and we will never forgive those who refuse to stand up for the minority who pose no danger. This could have been written often through the ages.
0: It, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't change. Again, as I said, Jeremy, if you go back and you dig through, you know, a book that I try to recommend, you know, every time I do an interview is Milton Mayer's book, Uh, They Thought They Were free. You know, he, he went, he's an American, and he went and uh, spent time with a lot of uh, Germans who were members of the Nazi party in a, in a small city in Germany, and talked to them about the whole, the, the rollout of Nazism and, you know, and, and what they did and, 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 and what they felt and how everything. What's happening is, is happening almost exactly by the numbers. You know, and this is the time this is the time that people need to speak out. They need to stand up, they need to speak out, they need to push back and they need to, you know, staying (laughs) staying silent gets us where staying silent in the 1930s in Germany got us. Mm. You know, it's it's the stakes. The stakes, I realize that people have a lot to lose. I do. Mm. And, and I have compassion for them. You know, my wife's business is being destroyed, right, by this. You know, I have compassion for these people. I understand they have a lot yeah. to lose and that there is a cost. But the stakes are this high. It's time to speak out.
1: Where can people find more about you?
0: They can just, you know, Google me or duck duck go me or whatever search engines they want to use. I'm really, really easy to find. You know, my
1: Consent Factory.
0: ConsentFactory.org is uh you know is is my satirical website, my blog. Um, and I've got my you know straight website, my author's website is you know cjhopkins.com. But stick me in a search engine; I'm really, really easy to find. I've got a a, a Substack. I've been doing Substack uh, for I don't know quite a while now. Um, but anyway, you'll f- you know stick me in a search engine, and you will find all this stuff.
1: Your uh, satirical website, Consent Factory, is uh, no longer satirical. Are you aware of that?
0: Yeah, I know it sucks. I was. No, it's not whole, you. It's not you. It's the whole, fact that this this whole totalitarianism thing has really it's just fucked my whole sense of humor and all of my comedy and I'm furious about it
1: um no well I was making the point also that reality has become so absurd
0: yeah, yeah. how yeah. well I understand satire very broadly you know I understand mm. if I'm mocking those in power then it's still satire But yes, I used to be able to do some really high class satire and, and the bastards are doing it for me. You know, I can't, I mean, how can you, how can you compete with this? I can't.
1: Yeah. I just throw in the towel.
0: (laughs) I can't. I mean, come on. Omicron. No. (laughs) You know? No, no, I can't. Omicron, you know, yes, there's, there's a new variant of a two-year-old virus, okay, a two-year-old virus that has a, you know, 99.7% survival rate, and there's a new variant of it, you know, that doesn't actually kill anyone, <laughs> yeah. right, and here it is, so we're going to fill the headlines of all of the corporate press, you know, with fear porn and lock down the entire world. You know, and and put people in concentration camps in Australia because of Omicron. You know, I, I can't compete with this.
1: CJ Hopkins, thank you for joining me in the trenches.
0: It's been a pleasure, and we only had two gremlins.
1: We we only had two. Don't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, but my name is Germ This is Germ Warfare. I love ideas
0: If you enjoyed this podcast please visit supportgerm.com